Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Welcome to another members episode. And I want to make a correction here before we go any further today, because on Tuesday, we had Blake the demon deliverer on the show. And uh, he texted me after the show aired and he said, hey man, the show went great. It sounded awesome. Uh, but my my grandmother wasn't a shaman and, and, and my dad wasn't a Baptist pastor. And I was like, wait, what? Did I say that? And he's like, yeah. And it turns out that I was actually editing today's episode right before I recorded the intro for Tuesday's show and my wires got crossed and I mixed the stories up together. So Blake, his dad was not a Baptist pastor and his grandmother was not a shaman that planted a Baptist church. But I got news for you. Today's guest, Mary, that was her. And so we're going to be talking to Mary today and she's going to start out talking about these experiences where it led into a lifelong experience that she has dealt with her entire life and now even her children might be dealing with this stuff. And it all seems to stem from this event, in my perspective, from when her father kicked out a warlock that was a deacon at their church. When he found out that this deacon was a warlock, he kicked him out and then there was curses that ensued. And maybe that has a lot to do with the paranormal activity that Mary has dealt with her entire life. But just to let you know, this past Tuesday show, if you were listening and you're like, where does the Baptist pastor dad come in? Where does the shaman grandmother come in? It actually comes in today. That was my bad. Anyways, let's get to Mary and her lifelong experiences dealing with the paranormal. 
right now. All right, today we got Mary on the show. Mary, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. So, Mary, you and I have just spent some time talking here, and uh, we like. I almost feel like some of the conversation we had could be a whole other type of conversation for a show. It's like, let's just put it this way: medical misinformation and your your hands on oh, yeah. understanding of it. Uh, <laughs> but um, we're going to keep it on target today with uh, what you contacted us about. So. Um, Anybody who listens to Hammer Lane Legends podcast, that's a show that I had started with my dad. And um, I have since left the show because I am busy and I needed time to do other things. Uh, but uh, Mary contacted the show and she had said that she had, I wasn't sure if you, I can't remember if you said you make your kids or you have, or your kids want to, I wasn't sure if it was a voluntary thing, but you're like, I'm going to make my kids uh, listen to this show as part of their driver education. I was like, Oh boy, the pressure's on, you know, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> just certain episodes. Yeah. Just certain episodes. I, I, I would say, yes, that's probably a, a wise decision on your end. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, you're kind of, you kind of listen to hammer lane legends and, uh, that's kind of how, I, I don't know if, did you find this show first or Hammerland Legends first? I found this show first okay. uh, and it was before you started Hammerland Legends. And so I started listening to Hammerland Legends, um, because there was actually a time when I considered going into trekking. Oh, um, it, uh, it didn't happen, but I got married instead. Wise, <laughs> wise Which decision. is a good choice. It was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, then, um, and so then I, I'm wrote into the show and that's connected with you that way. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget that. I was like kind of taken back. I was like, oh my gosh, so th this is like, maybe we should really be careful with what we say now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. but uh, anyways, you, uh, you sent us an email here with uh, your paranormal experiences, but it's not just you. It's like a, it's like a family thing. It's a, it's a life thing. Uh, and it, it, in the beginning of the email, you were talking about your grandmother and her uh, situation. And I'm not sure if you view the whole grandma situation as a tone setter for you and your family. Um, just by briefly looking at this stuff here on the outside looking in, it seems almost as if like grandma could have been a tone setter for maybe uh, certain other things. But I, I don't know if that's how you guys view it. It's just, um, you know, Let's just read this one sentence here. Yeah. My, my grandmother was Native American, a shaman who also planted a Baptist church. And I was just like, well, that's an interesting statement. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was a very interesting woman. Um, and I think she was a tortured woman in a lot of ways. But um, even that, it, it's interesting. There's a lot of mystery shrouding her and what we know of her because we've connected with uh, family back east where she came from and they claim they have no knowledge of any of that that if she got into anything it must have been after she came out west and uh so we really don't know beyond what she's told us um essentially and i think in some ways it is a, a tone setter for our family i think there are other influences as well um i think for whatever reason um these things have just come into our life and uh, I think doors were opened 
not necessarily by my family, but by other people's influences on our family with some generational curses, that kind of a thing that needed to be broken. So um, it kind of comes from all sides, I think. Yeah, well, it, it, it definitely uh, can seem that way. Uh, and I know you said about how your dad uh, was a pastor. I don't know if he still is, but uh, you mentioned about how he had to kick an unrepentant warlock or deacon out of the church, which I thought was really interesting too, because I was like an unrepentant warlock that was a deacon in the church. I'm just like, oh, yeah. this is juicy. So what I want to what I want you to do though <laughs> is I want you to kind of start things off uh, chronologically. And uh, whatever makes best sense to lay out this stuff for people, but I know this is these are things that started. Let's just say start from grandma, work its way through the generations to the point that you know when we had to cancel our interview because I was moving to Tennessee, you said that it was a good thing because other things have happened uh, with your children, I guess, uh, since that cancellation. So it's just one of those things where it seems like it's it's an ongoing situation. So go ahead and take it away and share with us what you know. Well, um, I'm not exactly sure where everything with my grandma came into play because it was, it was years later that we started hearing more and more and my dad would tell us more and more. But the incident with the unrepentant warlock actually is one of my earliest experiences. I was very young. I was probably about three years old. My dad was a pastor. He's medically retired now, but he had started pastoring at this church that had a parsonage on it. And when he got there, things didn't seem right. And he wanted to do things um, by the book, by the Bible. And they started giving him pushback and he was trying to figure out why it was happening. And because I was three, I don't know all of the details of what led up to that, but basically he found out that one of the deacons was a warlock and confronted him and said, you can't be, you can't be a deacon and be a warlock at the same time. You're either a Christian or you're in the occult you have to make a choice. And he chose the occult and he stopped coming. His wife was the church pianist and she kept coming for three weeks before she stopped coming. But I remember waking up one night and um, my parents' bedroom was next to mine and it faced the back of the house, which had a, there was the back of the house. Then there was a parking lot between the parsonage and the church. And we heard this noise outside and got up and I peeked out the windows and this man was on a motorcycle driving in circles around the parking lot. He had, um, he had drawn symbols on the ground and he had candles set up within these symbols and he was just riding in circles around it. And he'd stop and he'd gesture at the house. He was saying things that I couldn't hear. I was on the second story, but he did this for a while. Um, And then I don't really remember how that evening ended necessarily. But the next day when my dad walked across the parking lot to the church to go into his office, his office was completely trashed and torn apart, but everything was locked. There was no form of entry. Nobody had the key except him to the office. The police said it had to have been an inside job because there were absolutely no signs of entry. There were no footprints around the ground, nothing had been disturbed anywhere except for in my dad's office. So that was kind of the first inkling that things were going to maybe get a little bit rough. Um, and after that, um, my dad had a sudden cardiac event as a 20 something year old. I think he was 25. And he just suddenly had a cardiac event with 
no reason why the doctors couldn't figure out why hadn't had anything since I have younger siblings. Um, I had a baby brother. I, he, I still have my brother, but when he was a baby, uh, one night he just stopped breathing and this church was kind of on the top of a hill and you had to go down a winding road to get to the hospital. And so my mom was driving him down and, um, when she got to the hospital with with my brother and went into the emergency room, the nurse looked at them and took him right back and they started working on my brother and got him stabilized. And there were several other infants in having the same issue. And the doctor turned and looked at my mom and my dad who had arrived by the time and found somebody to watch the rest of us kids. And the doctor looked at him and said, are you a pastor? And my dad said, yeah. And he said, I don't know what's going on, but we've got four infant boys in here tonight whose dads are all pastors and they all came in not able to breathe. And they never found a reason for that necessarily. They just stabilized the babies and and then they were fine. But it was four infant boys that night who'd come in for the same reasons at the same time and all their dads were pastors. So that was kind of part of the catalyst um, for things starting to happen in our family. I mean, I started having nightmares as a young kid and they were really, really vivid nightmares that kids shouldn't have. I mean, the first one was kind of humorous now. Um, Cookie Monster would be eating my feet and people would be all around and nobody would be helping me, you know? So it's kind of comical now, but it was a, an ongoing nightmare. And then as I got older, they progressed um, more and more to more demonic type nightmares that, um, you know, images of um, being in an apartment complex and everything is on fire and there are dead and bloody bodies all around. And I'm running through this complex trying to get my family to bring to this one safe room and people are hunting us. This, you know, other times it would be looking out my window and seeing dismembered and bloody bodies in the bottom of the, patio. Yeah. And, and we didn't watch scary movies. We didn't watch any kind of blood and gore movies or anything like that. So I didn't have an experience to, uh, to these, any kind of experience with these kind of images. And then, and it, it was just, it, was, it became a very frightened child because nothing seemed safe when I was constantly having these kinds of nightmares and I couldn't sleep through the night. Do you think, so, do you feel like, uh, those dreams as a child, uh, did they happen around the time that, that let's just call it what it was probably an attack on your dad and other pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think was that, was that right around the same time? Yes. Do you, so, uh, do you feel like these dreams were spawned by, uh, some kind of spiritual warfare? I absolutely do. Because as the dreams progressed, it started becoming where, I would actually, I would have dreams of being lifted out of bed and thrown back and forth. And this was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.